fans can come in here, the Celtic fans can come in here, Laker fans come in here. But take that L on the way out. Dallas coming off a loss last night to San Antonio, 119-109, as Murray hits the three to... Grant sets up Gary Harris. Good one there. Two question I asked to one of their insiders tonight. He's not there yet. He says more work. Grant. Check straight away. Yes. Murray to Jokic. Your place to get weekly Denver Nuggets news, highlights, and opinions with your host, Arthur Knight, and your co-host, Nick Basher. All right, welcome to Take That L. I am Arthur Knight, and with me as always is Nick the Bashman Basher. Nick, say what's up to the peeps. Howdy, howdy. How's everyone doing? Shoot, how are you doing, man? Doing good. Yeah. You said you just got back from, uh, you said rollerblading? Yeah, man. I uh, finally found a place somewhere in Denver that had some available wheels. So I bought some new wheels for my inline skates. And uh, right now, Denver's a ghost town still. Coronavirus! It's the weekend not only, but uh, a lot of people obviously aren't walking around because of coronavirus! So took advantage of that fully and uh, had were, a you, were you wearing a mask? No, come on. I had, <laughs> I had, I had a backwards hat on. I had a tank top on. I was letting the, the breeze absolutely flow me through the street. Uh, what I would call a glorious time. It was an awesome day. <laughs> well, that's what's up. I spent most of the morning sleeping. So that's what I did. Hey, that's my afternoon. <laughs> that's my afternoon plan. Well, let's get right into it, man. And y'all can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at take that L five on on Twitter and take that L on Facebook. Bashman, plug the people where they follow you as well. Yeah, you can follow me at TTL Bashman, uh, T-T-L-B-A-C-H-M-A-N. Give me a follow on Twitter. All right, so CBS and ESPN have released top 10 players, and I, I kind of wanted to dig into this, number one, because I know you noticed that on both lists. Uh, LeBron is number two and MJ is number one. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that, but it is, it is what it is. Um, it is what it is. I don't argue that. I don't argue the, the one or two. I, as long as people give him the respect as being number two, that's enough for me because a lot of the people that are writing these columns are late 40s, early 50s. So I'll take that, but I know. I mean, just know his his book isn't over yet. He has four more seasons. So let's see what happens when his career is over. You got a point. Well, let's go down this list. Uh, we're going to start with CBS Sports. They're top 15. I'm just going to go down the list here real quick, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Let's see. We got the iconic Jerry West, literally the face of the NBA. The logo. <laughs> Not the face, the logo. Yeah, you're right. The, the logo, logo. Mr. Logo. Yeah. Um, real quick, the best nickname of all time, the logo. You can't come up with a better yeah. nickname. Nope. And uh, they've been talking about switching the logo to, to Kobe, but that's for another show. Then you got Dr. J, Julius Irvin right below him. Then you got Steph Curry. Then we got then we got yeah, Oscar yeah. Robinson, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kobe Bryant, number 9 Tim Duncan, 8 Larry Bird, 7 Shaq, 6 Wilt the Still, 5 Magic, number 4 Bill Russell, number 3 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, number 2 LeBron and number 1 Michael Jordan. All right, so my first question to you is this. 
Who is where they're supposed to be and who got snubbed, bro? I'm going to start with the who got snubbed because I think it's a very easy one. All right. If you read on the right. top, I, I think the top it says LeBron James and Steph Curry are the only active players. Mine did. There should be three. There should be a third active player, and that is Kevin Durant. Oh, okay. I believe Kevin Durant should be right next to Steph Curry. They have Steph Curry 13th. So if you want to put KD 14th, push uh, Dr. Dre to 15th, that pushes Jerry West to 16th. Or if you even want to put him 12th, where Oscar Robertson is, and uh, just push everyone up from there, I'm fine with that. But Kevin Durant must be on this list. He's the most talented scorer of all time. He can that basically pushes the logo. That pushes the logo off the list of 15, right? Well, well, yes, it does. But well, to be fair, I don't think Oscar Robertson should be at 12. I would actually switch him with Jerry West. So hmm. my, my argument about Oscar Robertson is this goes to the 70s players. Uh, the talent in the league obviously was, you know, it, it's, it was serviceable. There was a league back then. But I feel if you put Oscar Robertson in today's league, he's actually a worser version of Russell Westbrook. So <laughs> Russell, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook doesn't crack near the top 15 of all time. He's closer to 45, 50. But definitely think Steph Curry. And the one player that I think is absolutely at a fair position is probably Larry Bird at eight. I actually have him seventh, but I think at eight is a very fair position. I wouldn't argue that. See where I'm where I'm at is the uh, is where Kobe and Tim Duncan how they have Kobe at ten and Tim Duncan at nine. I, I think that's actually that was kind of crazy. You think so? I think. Kobe's oh man, I, I think Kobe's in the. I think Kobe's in the top five. And to to yeah, me, yeah. It, it would be it would be MJ, LeBron James, Kobe, and then the list would go exactly in order how they have it right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm every, everybody up one. Yeah, that's I'm how I would closer. have them. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm more of the idea of LeBron one, MJ two, Kareem three. I feel like that is your top three greatest players of all time. I think those are the three most, um, in a way, talented players. I actually have hard at Bill Russell at four. I had Bill Russell at uh, seven on my all-time list. Bill Russell was a bad man, though. No, Bill Russell uh, yeah. was a bad man. 11, uh, 11 rings is nothing to laugh at. Or, or to, yeah. I'm not, if you want to say he's the greatest defensive player of all time, I'm fine with that. But when you average 15 points for your career and you shoot 44% for your career and you're a center in a, position, in a time when centers ruled uh, on all aspects of points – he is the greatest team player and he is the greatest play defensive player for his generation and his time. Yep. But points need to be scored in today's game. If you put him on any team, he's like an Andre Drummond in today's game. So for the credit of eight rings, I have him, like I said, in my top 10, but I well, he's got 11 after, rings. He's got 11 rings. Yeah, sorry. 11, 11, excuse me. Yeah. But I think after Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I have magic Johnson at five. Mm -hmm. I have magic at four. Wilt at five. Tim Duncan at six, Bill Russell at seven, Larry Bird at eight, Hakeem at nine, Shaq at 10, 11, I think, yeah, 11 is Jerry West, 12, Steph Curry, 13, Kevin Durant, 14, Dr. J, 15, who am I missing? So are you going to sleep on Hakeem Olajuwon then? I had him at nine. Oh, did you? Did you have him at nine? Yeah. I missed that. I missed he, that. He's, he's, uh, he's the second. I think he's the second best center of all time. Not yeah, he was a bad man. Oh, yeah. I mean, probably the most fundamental center of all time. I mean, what, what he could do, breaking someone down the block, facing someone up, going down to the post, absolutely dominating. I mean, go back to the 94-95 series when he's versus Young Shaq. I mean, absolutely torches Young Shaq. So, 
that's my top 15. Um, but I mean, I like CBS's article. I mean, I'm not going to complain with it too much. Okay. So here's, here's where you're probably going to get upset. <laughs> I don't think that Curry or LeBron should be on this list yet. Why? Bruh. Because of the fact that they're still playing and they still have an opportunity to jump up or go down on this list. So to me, you cannot rank a player that's still playing in an all time setting, right? You have to, they have to be done to me in order to be ranked in an all time setting. Go ahead. Can you can wait. You saying that if you, someone's career can go down. I'm confused by that. I've never, I've never had that. Idea. Well, I, once you, I feel like once a person gets to a height of a career, that's their position. That's their position of all time excellence. I don't think anyone like if LeBron becomes the worst player of all time, I don't think that could ever take away that he wasn't the second in your eyes, second greatest player of all time. So can you elaborate on that before I give it, you my answer? It does. It does. It, you can diminish your, you can be knocked off your pedestal. There are times where if like, let's say he does play for four or five more years and he loses four or five more times that tarnishes his legacy because in my opinion, he's no longer in the GOAT conversation. If he loses five more championships, he's no longer in that conversation, period. If he he wins even two or three more championships, that puts him in the GOAT position, period. That's how, that's how that works. You, you can't go up and down in your legacy depending upon what you do towards the end of your career. The best person to, to example that is John Elway, right? He loses, what, three or four, and then he wins his two. He could have played for two more years, but he's like, nope, I need my legacy to be intact. I'm going out on top. I'm done. Same with Peyton Manning. He won his. Done. Can we stick I'm with basketball? Though? Because I have a question about that too. Uh, no, so no, no, no. Say, I'm just saying those are the best comparisons. Well, I, I have when you want to go out on top. Actually, I have two better ones that are actually in our sport, but they didn't go out on top. Michael Jordan comes back to the Wizards. Does that ruin his career? And then the last few years of Kobe's career, where he takes up the biggest contract. He's made so much money. He knew he could have took a smaller contract and recruited players, but he demanded the Lakers to give him the biggest contract because he thought mm-hmm. he still mm-hmm. could provide at that level. So what do you say about those players? But well, for Michael, for Michael Jordan, I'll start with him, Jay. Um, it did start to tarnish his career as he was playing. People started to talk smack and, and like MJ. Even when, if you were watching um, the last show, the, the last dance, right? They, they were even saying when he was wearing number 45, one, another player said to him, I can't recall who it was, but another player had said to him, number 45 doesn't look like number 23. And that was when he was still a bull and when he was still on the verge of winning that third ring. So you can tarnish, and it did start to tarnish when he played for the Wizards. That's why he had to retire. It even tarnished his legacy as a GM when he took over and started to hire all of his buddies and stuff and, and was losing. Even his really good friend Charles Barkley started to say, hey man, you know, it is what it is. You can tarnish your legacy on many different levels, period. As a player, as a G- as a person, you know, his uh, legacy was tarnished by his quote-unquote gambling problem, right? So you, you or, or the legacy you leave behind, you can. And, and it started to, if he would have played for another two, three more years, I think it would have tarnished his career extensively. But he only played for the Wizards how, how many years? Three, I think it was. Or two and a half. I think uh, it was besides, like two. Okay. So with that being said, I, I agree to disagree. I, I feel like a player's reputation and can't be tarnished once it's at a, high, a certain level. I feel like once they get to this level, 
Uh, we're talking about the greatest that play the game. We're not talking about greatest legacies. That's what we're talking about. Second thing is, if you're going to go by that logic, then, I mean, what LeBron's doing in year 17 should be more superior than what Michael Jordan did after his 13th season, which is the 98 season. So anything after well, that we is could, absolutely... We could, debate, we could debate that after well, the, no, after no, the no, break, I'm not, I mean, in the third. Is, this, is, this isn't a debate. I'm just using your logic, and this is what you're saying. So I'm using your logic. Well, but, 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 to, my, to, my, but to that point, going in, and we're up against a break, but to that point, LeBron came out of high school and, and has had more years. So, I mean, that's... We're, we're, we're like branching off into a whole other universe. We're going to get to the whole... Um, and we could talk about the, uh, you know, later on in the after the break, um, or even after the give and go, we will be right back with the give and go. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Hey, Colorado sports fans, you're listening to GoMileHigh.com, a student-operated station live from the Colorado Media School Studios here in Belmar, giving you a different perspective on all things current. Stop torturing yourself, man. Live in the now. So stay tuned to see what's coming up next on GoMileHigh.com, Colorado's sports lifestyle. Shawling. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the Shangri? I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again, but I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com, so I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at LandmarkPackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, 
broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and College Radio is that place for it. College Radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. One thing as a, 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 a Caucasian white male that I wish I could have is the ability actually to put my hair and like make it more thicker, like a, like African American or like a Hispanic. That's the one thing I wish I could get is like a, a high pop. So <laughs> I wish you have that. I'm, I'm pissed. I, I hope you're recording. All right, welcome back. We are going to get right into the give and go, Bash Man. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's start it. All right, JG, hit us with that first one. If the Nuggets win the championship in this hiatus season, does that put an asterisk on the win, or is a win a win? I'll start with this one. I I, I personally um, think because everyone's going through these circumstances right now, it kind of makes it a level, even playing field. I don't think this puts an asterisk on the season like it would in the the '99 season or the 2013 season or the or the 2012 season. Excuse me. So no, I I don't think this is changes anything. How about you? Yeah, for, for me, it's a win. A win is a win, <laughs> period. Um, it's not like the Nuggets got a break and everybody else had to play. Everybody is on the same hiatus. Actually, the Nuggets played the last game. So if anybody's at a disadvantage, <laughs> it would be the Nuggets because uh, they, they had to play a, a bit of a, quote-unquote, longer season than anybody in the, in the league. So um, mm-hmm. I would go with the wins a win. It does not matter. The hiatus is not because the players did something wrong or, you know, it, it's just a hiatus and everybody's on an equal playing field and they're all going to start at the same time. Uh, so a win's a win. JG? Speculation is going around about a possible trade of Murray to Toronto for Kyle Lowry. Would this be a good trade for the Nuggets? I'm going to go with the no. I do like Lowry. Uh, I think he's a great point guard, and he he does fit the mold that uh, our coach would love to have on the team. I I would want him on the team, but I would want him backing up Murray. I would not want to trade Murray for Lowry. I just think that that would be a foolish trade. Murray's still on the rise, and Lowry's like 38. So I don't don't think that would be a good look for the Nuggets. I mean, they would have to get a lot of cash and – draft picks or something crazy lopsided to do that trade. Bash? Let me modify this for you. What if they did Lowry and Siakam for Ooh. Murray and Michael Porter Jr.? Does that change your opinion? Uh, or or how, how about uh, <laughs> Murray and uh, Jeremy Grant and first round pick from us for no. Siakam and Lowry? No. Interesting. No. Okay. Uh, I'm not trading. I'm not trading MPJ or Grant. Okay. If they took Murray for Siakam and Lowry, I would take that trade. I, it's, it, we'd have to even out the balance. Uh, the the numbers. we could give them a second so, round pick. <laughs> no, we'd have to even out the numbers. We'd have to even out the numbers that their salaries make too mean? much for. Kyle Lowry makes thirty four million. Siakam is about to get a max, so he's going to make twenty seven mm-hmm. million. Kyle uh, Murray 
makes uh, the max, which is like, I think 27 million. So we need another 27 to 34 million to match that contract. You, or you, you restructure their, you either re, or you can restructure their contracts coming in and you could put that in the deal with the trade. Well, that the only way that could happen is if it's a sign and trade and the way that I'm reading right. this article, it, right. It, right. but I'm saying this, I guess Lowry is a free, actually, no, he just signed a deal. So it really wouldn't work. Yeah. But, uh, no, it, yeah, but we're, we're not, we're not in realism right now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, JG hit us with that next one. NBA opens up facilities, but few players show up. In your opinion, why haven't more players shown up? Personally, I feel like I, I haven't seen the article, this article, or I haven't seen the numbers, but I'm, I'm, I'd be assuming that if only a few players are showing up, the other players are taking it on themselves to train at their house is what I'm assuming. I'm assuming they have some kind of gym that they're going to. Um, I mean, with all these talks they've had in this last week, it seems like the season is going to be ramping up anywhere from two to four weeks. So if you have an opportunity to get into the gym, why not take that opportunity? So um, I would assume that these athletes just have their own personal gym or their own hoop that they're shooting on, they're practicing shots on. That, that That's kind of the only logical opinion I have on that. Arthur? I kind of feel like it's more or less of a, of a traveling thing maybe, or, you know, not all facilities are available to be opened at the moment that and coupled with, you know, like MPJ is in uh, he's from Missouri, right? So he's, he's in Missouri right now with his parents. So it's fly back and forth. You know what I mean? Like, so I think it's, it's a logistics thing with, with most of the players. And I would agree with you uh, for the most part that a lot of players have a facility of some sort, if not their own personal, they have some sort of facility that they can access to um, get shots up or, you know, run some drills, etc. The only difference would be that they don't have their trainers in that aspect because, with the facilities being open, they're allowed to have one-on-one with their trainers, you know, as long as they're doing the social distancing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that, that there lies the, the biggest difference in working out at home. And, but I guess you could zoom that type of stuff too. You know, we are mm-hmm. living in the 21st century. Yeah. And you threw a, <laughs> you threw a good point that there's probably a lot of athletes just residing in LA. Cause that's where a lot of them live in the off season. So they're probably just right. living there, you know, while the time being it's like, well, why be at my, my, uh, my, my season house or like my season apartment when it's crammed exactly. and I can, I know I'm going to be on hiatus for at least a month. So yeah, that makes a, a lot of sense. Well, plus I read an article about the players. Well, not the players. It was like the top players include well, excluding James Harden, but there was like Chris Paul, LeBron James, uh, you know, I'm not going to name drop, but there was, there was a bunch of players like creme de la creme players that uh, were on a phone call and they discussed a whole bunch of, of things that they didn't really disclose to the whole world. But I think that there might be a, an issue with the players as, as well. They may want to demand certain criterias in safety before they'll even consider coming back. Right. So we have to take that into consideration as well. Uh, JG. If the NBA season were to resume here soon, what teams are set to benefit the most off of this break in the season? Ooh, I would say you want to go go first. Yeah, you hit it first. No, no, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. I I was going to say, I I really do think these older veteran teams are really going to have a better advantage because not only are they going to get arrested, but these are the players that have been in the league the longest. So they probably have their own personal equipment. Like I was talking about, 
two questions ago. Um, so they're probably able to get in the gym because they have a gym. Um, if not their experience, they've had playoff experience. They, they know the mindset, they know the, the, the type of, uh, uh, ferociousness and the ferocity you need in the playoffs. So I think like LA Clippers, LA Lakers, even the Boston Celtics, who's had a lot of playoff experience. I think those are the teams more suitable for this hiatus. Yeah, I would, I would agree with those teams. And I'm going to throw out like the 76ers who were injury plagued. I think they're going to benefit personally. I think they're going to benefit the most, but a team team like the Nuggets are going to benefit because they had, you know, an injury plague, you know, like Gary Harris is going to benefit from this. MPJ is going to benefit from this. I mean, everybody's on the playing field on the hiatus, like we said earlier, but there's going to be a time, you know, there's going to be a benefit because of the fact that a lot of these teams, like even LeBron was, you know, he was playing at an MVP level, but he's also mm-hmm. playing through injury. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. this, this time to rehab and not do anything because everybody's on quarantine, I think benefits everybody, to be honest, there's not, one player or one team that shouldn't be benefiting from this unless they're being lazy or <laughs> having other extracurricular activities. You feel me? Like I agreed. agreed. That's the only way that you're, you're not benefiting from this hiatus. You know, that's the only way if you're partying, if you're not getting shots up, if you're not trying to get better during this hiatus while you can, while you have this free time, then to me, you're, you're not going to make it in the NBA anyway. So you got another question for us? Fire away. Shaq thinks that the season isn't worth it. Should it be scrapped or should it start up again next season? Easy. I'll, I'll answer this very simply. Shaq, you're old. Let me get my wheelchair. I don't want to hear your complaints. <laughs> you, 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 you don't want LeBron to get his fourth title. It's fine. I, I understand you're a hater, but the season resumes. That's all I got to say. Hey, I don't know about the LeBron angle, but I, I do disagree with you. I mean, I agree with you that Shaq needs to shut the heck up. Shaq needs to shut up. We need to resume this season. A champion needs to be crowned for the year, period. <laughs> all right, coming up. We're going to talk more NBA, and we're going to talk about... Uh, we're going to talk golf now. Because <laughs> uh, it's an NBA we might. podcast. We can. You got some golf stuff? No, I don't have any golf stuff. <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> so I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the llama. What? You know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking, really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, what station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands, the shangri I says it was none other than Go Mile High Dad Cam, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time 2 1. 
so he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com, so I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. What does it take to be on air? It's not just the personality, though it does help. It takes drive, creativity, passion, and the willingness to develop yourself and truly find what makes you special. At Go Mile High, students are given this chance to become something great. You never know. Someone you're hearing right now could be the next big thing, and you could be the first to know how it all started. So keep listening because you never know what's next on GoMileHigh.com. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Hurry, young Popsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But, sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. Well, I get the 1,000 milligrams at Pig & Whistle. That's the only place that sells it for $18. And What? Right? They sell 500 for like 20. So I'm all like, this is better. <laughs> all right, what's the place called? Piggly Wiggly's? <laughs> it's called Pig & <laughs> Pig and Whistle. It's in Pig & Whistle. It's in Edgewater. Yeah, downtown. He said Piggly Wiggly. Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, welcome back. All right, Bashman, so... I've been looking uh, into this whole salary thing reduction with the uh, NBA players, and I'm I'm kind of wondering if it's it's fair for these billionaires to you know basically not pay these players till the end of the season because of this whole coronavirus thing. Like they, a lot of these players could lose up to forty percent of their income going into the playoffs if the NBA only comes back and goes into the playoffs, I should say. Yeah. So to me, it's a little unfair, especially to players that don't make a whole lot of money. I mean, of course, all of these players make six figures, right? But there's, there's young kids that are 18, 19 years old, only make, you know, uh, not a lot of money. And to cut off 40% of their income is, is a big deal, man. So, um, I mean, if, if where I work, told me, well, we're not paying you until the end of the year, right? Not until January 1st. You're not getting another paycheck. That would devastate me. Doesn't matter how much I make. That would be, you know, almost half of my income, right? Mm-hmm. So h- how do you feel about that? Like, w- what's your opinion uh, on, on how the owners in the NBA are handling that situation? 
I'm actually the complete opposite of you. Um, they sign a contract, which the contract reads that they make 49.9% of the revenue. So it's not like the owners are holding back money. We just know that the NBA is going to take a significant loss in their revenue. They're not making any money from the, the uh, arenas. They're not making much money during the any games right now. So all the TV deals are not making money from. Right now, we don't have the playoffs. So let's just say hypothetically, they don't do the playoffs and they cancel the season. And they're going to start uh-huh. up the season next October or next December, whatever they come up with. Yeah, right. I, I wouldn't be surprised, nor am I shocked that these millionaire players are losing millions of dollars because the CBA clearly says you make 49% of the revenue. If the revenue isn't there, I can't be mad at them. And like you said about some of these players, they're still making uber goober money. Like, like what they, do they want to switch jobs with me? Like, I'll, I'll be happy to take their NBA paychecks. And, and again, like, we're hourly salary workers. So, like, these people are, they get paid for game checks. If they're not playing games, you can't make money. So, although it's devastating, I feel bad for the NBA. They're going to lose a lot of money, not only because of the Chinese thing that happened earlier this year with the Houston Rockets and Daryl Morey, but now with the whole coronavirus, potentially less playoff games because they're talking about potentially a five-game first-round matchup just so they can get through, so they can cut down half the teams, go from 16 to eight teams a lot faster than a whole seven-game series. I understand all of that logic, but again, I, I can't be mad at these millionaires for still making millions of dollars. No, and I feel you on that, but if you if you think about it in this from this perspective, right, is they, their bills don't stop either. Like the NBA players... Their bills, just like our bills don't stop. Their mortgages don't stop. Like, yeah, their mortgages probably in the tens of thousands of dollars a month or whatever, you know, they're living in million dollar homes, but th- those payments don't stop. You know what I mean? So yeah, their, their well, situation is, is no different. Their, their situation is really no different from a guy that makes $35,000 a year and his, so has to make his mortgage. I mean, it, it is in numbers, but it isn't in situation. Does that make sense? Like the situation no, is still the same. Yeah, I understand this, but I got two things to say. It, the, uh, the elite elite players still have their sponsors. So it's not like those elite elite players aren't getting a revenue stream. They still have money coming in. Secondly, uh-huh. this really shows who in the NBA is smart with money and who isn't. If you go bankrupt <laughs> in these next six months, it kind of, I mean, I think in a way you kind of deserve it. And if you're a good enough player, you will make the money back. So I, again, I'm not going to cry over spoiled milk. I mean, this is a national or a, a, a world pandemic. Like, we, like this is obviously going to get rid into the CBA next time. But for right now, I, I can't get upset or I can't, I, I can't feel slighted that these players. Like, honestly, this this kind of proves that all NBA players are undervalued. I mean, this is how much we love entertainment. I mean, this proves that LeBron James shouldn't be making thirty six million dollars. He should be making. $500 million and an average NBA player should be making an average NBA player should be making $10 million a year just because of what they do for society. Right. But that's besides the point that that's, that no, 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 that is, the, that is the point. No, that is the point. Yeah, that is the point. It's to the point of like, this isn't a real fantasy world though, where the owners are actually sharing their money evenly. Like the owners are always going to take the biggest of the pie and the biggest athlete mm-hmm. are always going to take the biggest of the pie. But if we really break it down by numbers and like what athletes actually cost in the real world, it's not worth 36 million like LeBron's contract or 40 million like Steph Curry's contract. Like those are like, no, they, they expect worth players. The owners expect 
basically, I, I always draw the correlation to the owners in the NBA and, and most professional sports. They like to do like restaurants like to do. They expect their customers to also pay their employees, you know? So it's like uh, they expect endorsements and all of that. Like if you're a good enough player or if you're a smart enough player, if you've got the right agent that you'll get endorsements or you'll spin off and do media, do TV, do whatever you got to do to make that extra money. They expect that of, of their employees. So um, I, I don't totally disagree with you um, in your assertion. I mean, they do make millions of dollars and they should be smart with their money. Everybody should be smart with their money, no matter who you are and how much you make. It's not what you make. It's, it's what you spend. Right. So, um, you really should be smart with your money. And, and most of these kids should be smart with their money. And if anything, this uh, pandemic teaches everybody is to be smart with your money. So, you know, save. I mean, smart in general. I mean, being smart when yeah. it comes to hygienic, being smart when it comes to, uh, like going out. I mean, I mean, I think this is actually probably going to do more and better for our country than a lot of people realize. Like, yeah, it's going to have a, I don't think a major economic impact like 08 and 09, but I mean, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be two or three quarters that, uh, that big corporations are going to see downs. But I think by next year around this time, uh, we're going to, in a weird way, kind of laugh and be like, you know, I'm kind of happy for that pandemic. Everyone's going to hopefully a lot wiser in their decisions when they're, and, and social, uh, social interactions. Hopefully, hopefully when I go to a basketball game next year, they have better precautions about that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, right. in, in a bad way right now, we're living in it. Like, yeah, this sucks, but I think in the long run, this is actually going to be quite good for our society. And we always, you know, anytime we come up as Americans, as we come up against anything like hard times, we, we typically bounce back and, and persevere anyways. I mean, that's, that's basically the MO of this country is we may be down, but we're never out. Right. So, mm -hmm. and that, that's basically the mantra of most team sports or sports in general is you want to have that mentality. You're even if you're down, you're never out. Right. You, you want to, you want that fight to continue within. And I, I think we will always have that. Spirit. And, and you're right. There, there will be some economic downturns, but there in the long run, if people, if we start losing more people than we can account for economically anyways, you know, by death, then our economy will, we're going to lose our economy regardless. So, mm -hmm. and I, I apologize, we're going on a little rant here, but you know, we, we just need to focus on staying healthy, making that sure care. that man, you know, just do what we need to do as individuals to protect the whole, you know, we're, we're, we're all in this together. I know you said you weren't wearing your mask earlier and that, and that's fine. That's your prerogative, but I feel like well, just you, weren't in a, I, you weren't in a crowded place. Yeah. You weren't in a crowded else. place. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If you're going to the grocery store, see, I think there's, I think there are reasonable mediums, right? There's, there's middle ground. Um, if I'm going to the park to play Frisbee golf and it's just me and my two daughters and we're the only ones on the course. Right. I don't think we need to be wearing a mask. It's not airborne like that. Right. But if we're going to the grocery store, and there's a group of people. And like I said, in our first show, when we were talking about how, you know, the difference of our mentality, mm -hmm. you know, when that lady sneezed and I could just see the mist. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, uh, nope, run. not today, Satan. And I just turned around, you know, I was like, I was, I was out. I was not walking down that aisle and I needed five things from that aisle. You know, I was not doing it. Not today. You know, so um, you're like, I think there are reasonable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> like, you know, I started to get my brain going, like, how could I make these things from scratch? Like, <laughs> I could make honey, right? I can make honey. Yeah, yeah. Where's the bees at? I just, I just go out to, I just find a beehive. You know, Pooh yeah. Poo does it. Pooh does it on the show all the time. That's, a, that's my daughter's mentality. They're like, well, Pooh does it. Like, I remember the day. Not to go on a, on a crazy rant, but I remember the day my youngest daughter got so upset that she couldn't go up the slide because she watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And Mickey Mouse used to sit on the end of the slide and go up backwards. So she sat down on the slide, right? And she wanted to go up. And the pissed off look on her face. I, I will never forget that. I will never forget that. It was the most hilarious thing. But it was devastating to me, too, because I know her heart was broken. You know, she's like, hilarious. well, well, Mickey does it. How come I can't do it? You know, that was, a, a, that was a long conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think we're on a tangent on another tangent, but uh, just to get it back into the, the whole coronavirus basketball thing and, and, and the economics of it, I, I, I do think the NBA will be back on its feet. I, I do hope they propose the option to start the NBA full-time in December. I would love for the oh. NBA to start on Christmas Day. I think that's an awesome way to start Christmas and the season. Uh, really own that whole uh, December to midsummer and just rain over kind of kick baseball out of that, you know, you know, baseball still has October and the September, but I'm really saying that late, uh, that late summer, let basketball really rain and, uh, let it take over. And it's the beautiful sport it is. So I'm hoping, man. Hey, I couldn't agree with you more, brother. Uh, coming up, we are going to talk the greatest big threes coming up on take that L. Every day across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know, from getting all this great experience working in college radio. It makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio now more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. Welcome to Landmark Packaging, where we can take care of all your packaging needs. From labeling to janitorial supply, we've got you covered. We're going eight years strong and have an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. Find us on the web at landmarkpackaging.com. We look forward to the opportunity to provide your business with custom packaging solutions. Landmark Packaging, always challenge your capabilities. So I'm taking a trip over to Tibet, you uh-huh. know, see the sights, climb a hill or two. But I remember, oh man, I got one guy out here who I actually know. So I give an old ringy dingy to the Lama, what? you know, the Dalai Lama, uh-huh. his laminescence, really? flowing robes, grace, bald, striking really. I says to the Lama, hey, you remember that round I carried for you down in Shangri-La? Well, apparently some station out in Lakewood taped the whole thing. Oh. See, the Lama's a big hitter. Nailed two eagles in a row that day. Well, he says, 
What station could have possibly gotten all the way out to my sacred holy lands? The Shangri. I says it was none other than GoMileHigh.com, Lama. Uh-huh. They got the best sports coverage in the state. The Lama actually tips me this time, 2-1. So he pretty much stiffed me again. But I got him hooked on GoMileHigh.com, so I got that going for me, which is nice. It's great. GoMileHigh.com. Hurry, young Popsy, we must make it back to Camelot so I can listen to GoMileHigh.com. Oh, who goes there? It is I, King Arthur on his mighty steed. Let me in the castle at once. I must get to my quarters to listen in to the best in Colorado's sports lifestyle programming. But, sir, don't we live in medieval Wales? No, Popsy, you mustn't ask questions when I'm listening about my beloved Broncos. Ah, GoMileHigh.com. Every day, across this country, hundreds of college radio stations take to the air, broadcasting music and programming that you won't hear anywhere else. It's one of the last places where people can really be able to actually say what they want to say. Without it, you wouldn't have a place for local artists to perform. Certain people need to have a chance, a fighting chance, and college radio is that place for it. College radio changes the lives of those who are involved with it and can change those who listen to it too. This is where we start out, you know? From getting all this great experience working in college radio, it makes you want to work in real radio. College radio means finding yourself. It helped me find what I wanted to do in not only school, but in life. So support college radio by continuing to listen to this station and supporting the students who make it happen. College radio, now, more than ever. A message brought to you by this station and the College Radio Foundation. For more information, please visit collegeradio.org. The greatest big three, me, Arthur Knight, and Janae Gonzalez. Bam! Tell him again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty fire. I got that. Three, pretty fire. All right, welcome back. And we are going to talk about the best big three, Bashman. The best big three. Now, not in the general sense, right? I mean, we can get into that. We can get into that. We can mm-hmm. peel that onion. But what I'm talking about with the best big three is there was two big threes that Jordan got to play with, right? So there was MJ, Pippen, and Grant, and then there was MJ, Pippen, and Rodman. Which big three, in your opinion, the best big three out of those two? I don't know about you, but I thought this was a pretty easy answer when you really break down by the numbers. I think you most definitely you got to go with that second version of MJ, Pippen, and Rodman. Uh, Why is Rodman, that? Because having Rodman and Pippen both being hellacious defenders on the wing and down post with Rodman being pretty much the first small ball center. Rodman was arguably the greatest uh, rebounder of all time. So he absolutely fills that role. And with him being able to switch, I feel like he's just more versatile. And believe it or not, when you really look at the numbers, yes, Horace Grant scored more points than Rodman. But Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. is actually a better three-point shooter. And if we're looking in today's game... Uh, Which is crazy, D, right? Which is yeah, crazy. It's, crazy. To... It, it's all about 3 and D and versatile defenders. It's like Rodman and Pippen are kind of like your two ideal wing defenders in today's game. So to have him next to Jordan, I, I feel like in, in, a, in an argument, the other nine players on that team could really be a toss-up. Because that big three, I feel like, could dominate in any era. How about you? When it comes to which big three dominated more in that era, I would have to definitely agree with you. It has to be the the MJ Pippen and Rodman. But with that said, the better big three as a team, 
to me, definitely was MJ Pippen and Grant. They, to me, were more of a cohesive unit. Um, watching them as I grew up in middle school and, you know, in high school, it was like watching them play the game of basketball was poetic, that team. Um, I did love watching uh, MJ, Pippen, and Rodman. I really did. That was phenomenal to watch as it came, you know, the, the 70 games and all of that stuff, you know. But when, when, when you watched Grant, Pippen, and, and MJ pass the ball in that triangle system, um, like I said, it was just so poetic, man. It was like they knew where each other were without even having to look. It was like the no-look pass wasn't just a no-look pass. They literally knew exactly where each person was on the court and, and watching the last, uh, the last dance. And when they show the film, you know, and it, I don't know if you ever played or, or broke down film before, but you can watch the film and you can notice how when one piece, it's like chess. When one piece moves, the other piece moves right into place. It's like they move as a unit. It's almost like watching a Navy SEAL team. Oh! You know what I'm saying? It's so it's so crazy to watch, and I think that I think that they executed the triangle better than that that um, that team that had Rodman. Uh, but it is crazy to me when I was looking up the stats and stuff as well that Rodman had a better three point shooting percentage than Grant did. That that actually blew my mind too. I was like, whoa, whoa. yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting when I read that too. I, I just the greatest rebounder cool. ever had a good three point percentage. <laughs> yeah. I know. I didn't know that. I really didn't know that. I think if he was utilized in today's game, like, I think he's Draymond Green that can shoot. Yeah. That's that's, that's the best comparison I can give you. Yeah. And Draymond Green, he is the best glue guy, like, when it comes to defending, rebounding, uh, his leadership. Like, obviously, Draymond's a lot more vocal when it comes to the Dennis Rodman side, who was a little bit more of a a free bird, I would say. Um, Yeah. But, I mean, Dennis could score if he wanted to. He just chose to be the best rebounder of all time. Well, that's what they needed him to do. That's what they needed him to do. He didn't come in. He didn't come in to score. They didn't need him to do that. They needed him to play defense and get rebounds. And he didn't just get defensive rebounds. He got offensive rebounds. Like he was on the boards. That's why it's crazy to me because Grant, he played in the triangle. He did play that wing. You know what I'm saying? He didn't play in the paint. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy to me that, that Rodman would have a higher three-point percentage than, than him. It really is. I mean, I guess Grant just missed a lot of threes. I don't know. It, it shows that he has a percentage, so you know that he's taken some before. Or uh, mm-hmm. taken, excuse me. I mean, you look at the, even that Orlando Magic team that had Shaq, Horace Grant, uh, Penny Hardaway, Nick Anderson. Oh, man. And I, 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 for, I, forgot, yeah. I forgot who they're – what's that? You, no, I'm just – you're taking me back, man. I'm just – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember who their uh, small forward was, but they had, a like, a very modernized where everyone was shooting threes. So I wonder yeah. if that's where Horace Grant's three-point percentage came in because wow. I don't see a lot of highlights of Horace Grant taking threes back in the Bulls days. I mean, it was, right. it was kind of like that 15 to 17-footer he would take if he was taking that shot. Right. I mean, he was a post player. Him, him right. and Bill Cartwright, and I think that was the center at the time, you can correct me on right. that if it was Cartwright or not. No, 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 um, no it was. Him and, yeah, him and Bill Cartwright were, you know, down in the paint, but it was most, in a weird way that the triangle was almost like a modern off, an offense where the two bigs weren't really clogging in the paint as much as Horace Grant was. He was more seven to 10 feet out at all times. So. No, you're right. All, all you're right. Cause that's the, the way their offense was run. 
Yeah, yeah. Although I do like their offense, I just think the 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 positions that they had enrolled in each other in that second stint with the Rodman, Pippen, and MJ. Everyone knew MJ was going to score. Everyone knew Pippen was going to be the uh, the point forward who was going to initiate the offense, get some get some rebounds, get some assists, and everyone knew Rodman was going to play hellacious defense and just get rebounds. So yeah, he was going to bang the boards. Three. But I, I really want to get into the second part of this segment where we're comparing those big threes to today's big three. I was going um, to say monkey wrench, monkey wrench. I'm going to yeah, throw it at yeah. you. I'm going to throw because, it at you. Okay, so which, which – wait, 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 listen, listen. Which would you rather have against LeBron, Wade, and Bosch? Like which one of those two teams are you taking against that big three? Well, what do I want as a LeBron fan or what do I think is a better matchup? Because obviously like the all-time legendary matchup is the, the Rodman – Pippen, MJ versus the the Wade Bosch and Wade Bosch and LeBron. But so you think that would be the greater series? Yeah, it's seven oh, ga- yeah. seven game series, seven game series. That would be the better series if than if it was take, Grant, MJ and taking, Pippen. If you're taking 2000 Wade 11 before he really started getting injured in 2012, but you're taking 2012 LeBron. I mean, obviously, I know that's a little mix matching, but I mean, for argument's sake, let's say all players are in their prime, injury free. Yeah. Like let's for for I don't want to go down I don't want to go down that road because like <laughs> like obviously Miami's big three can do a little bit more like obviously like if you're comparing players to players uh, Wade and um, Wade and MJ played the same position I have Wade as the, the third greatest shooting guard of all time I think or third or fourth it's really between him and Jerry West. Kobe second, so don't get on my case too much. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in a way, those are both big scores. Like obviously, mm-hmm. MJ was a better shooter, better uh, defender, D-Wade, better defender. But you can't slouch D Wade. D Wade was definitely a good defender. No, no, no. Wade was more of a good defender. D Wade was more of a slasher. You look at the uh, Pippen Lebron. Don't take it as offense, but Lebron is a better version of Pippen. Pippen was the first version of Lebron. Why would, Lebron's a better. I'm not Scotty Pippen. You know, Why would I take offense to that? <laughs> because that's your era. That's your era. And then no, no, no. The, the, I'm not Rob. Rodman. I'm not Rob. <laughs> Who's your daddy? Okay, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate players. The, the like, period. Rodman. It doesn't matter. Uh, now you look at the Bosch and Rodman. Um, now those are like two of the most opposite players that you have. Where Bosch is more offense rebounding and like spreading the floor, and Rodman is more defensive and rebounding and playing just heavy defense. So I, I, I can't I, I can't I can't picture even that matchup. I don't know how that would go. Um, and then if you're looking at the role players, I guess that's all a matchup. But all I know is that'd be a great series. I also know that that's not even those two aren't even the two best big threes of all time. Okay. All right. All right. No oh okay. But who wins? Yeah. MJ, MJ Pippen and Rodman or LeBron Wade and Bosch? Give me give me a definitive who wins? Who wins that seven game series? I'm gonna I'm gonna be biased here. I'm gonna say the the Miami Heat. All right, you say so the Miami I'm, Heat. But at least I'm giving you an answer. So it might be a bias. <laughs> that's all I want. Yeah, that's it might all be a I biased want. One and, and and you know people's ears, but that's my opinion, and I firmly have always stood on that opinion. <laughs> but if we're being 100 percent honest with anyone, the greatest big three of all time is the Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson big three. Nothing even comes close to that. Ooh, that is a, that is a good big three. That is a good yeah. big three, man, but you're forgetting about um, Worthy, Jabbar, and Magic. Very nice. Very nice. I'm not going to complain. I mean, we can Dynamic. I mean, there, there's there's the Parrish, Mikhail, Bird. You have the... Ooh, um, that's a good one, too. I, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I mean, Isaiah Thomas didn't really have one, but I mean, I guess Isaiah 
uh, Dumars and like Bill Lambeer, I, I guess you could say was their big yeah. three. You look at the Boston Celtics with KG, um, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen with also John Rondo. That I mean, it that kind of a big four. Who's the big three with LeBron right now? It's LeBron. It's AD. Who's that third guy? I would say Danny Green, but I wouldn't even be too confident because he's a pretty streak. I mean, maybe they're hoping it's potentially Kyle Kuzma is, is what I know as like what Laker fans want. But I mean, right now it, it's probably Danny Green or even like Avery Bradley or a, as the meme would say, Alex Caruso, maybe. But I mean, mm, who okay. really knows? But I mean, I, I think when it comes to the greatest big three, I think it, it, it's the Golden State Warriors because of their shooting ability. I think if you take any team in today's game and you verse them, that Golden State Warriors team, teams just won't, don't know what to do. Like if you take the, the 86 Celtics uh, or you take the, the 85 Magic or the 85 Lakers or you take the, the, the 96 Bulls, I think they just look at this team and they're seeing everyone running to the three-point line instead of slashing. And I just think the math beats everyone. I think when you have Kevin Durant, what I called earlier is the most unstoppable scorer of all time, how he can get in all three levels. What if we go back to the rules? What if we take the same dynamics of the teams, right? The big threes, right? But we go back to like when there's no three-point line. <laughs> what then? Uh, well, there's still more efficient shooters. So they still win eventually. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I mean, and, and going back to that, I mean, you have Steph. There was a there was a time. Yeah, yeah. There was a time. Uh, I don't know exactly what was that, the 76 or 78 season, maybe, if I'm getting that wrong. I'm, uh, I no, it was, right. like, I'm it was like the 50s and 60s, early 70s, nah, and then they nah, added the nah. three-point line. Hold on. Drum roll. Drum roll, JG. 1979. That is when they added the yeah. three-point line. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It was in the 50s, so, 60s, 70s, or 60s, oh, 70s when they didn't have one. I mean, this is my theory. If, if you take the most middle-of-the-row player, like um, like Lou Williams, and you put him in the 50s, there's 10 statues <laughs> of Lou Williams. <laughs> He's the GOAT. So that's my right, theory right. with okay. that. Like, like, okay. I, like I, in, in a real way, I don't consider basketball until the 79 season. That's Larry Burkey season. That's one year before Magic. That's when, like, the chain, the game really changes. And with that, Uh, I'm done with my rant. All right. All right, Bash Man. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Take That L5 on Twitter and Take That L on Facebook. Bash Man, plug the people where they can follow you as well. Yeah, you can follow me at TTL Bash Man, T-T-L-B-A-C-H-M-A-N. Give me a follow on Twitter. And with that, I'd like to thank y'all for tuning in this week. For myself, Arthur Knight, and Nick Bash Man, and JG behind the quote-unquote glass. We appreciate y'all. This is Take That L. 